a key productive production. Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. Interviews with professionals about how they use apps, software, habits, and routines every day. Okay, folks, this month's sponsor of Tools They Use is T-Metric. Now, T-Metric is a user-friendly online time tracker for freelancers and teams of any size, allowing you to report time easily. Now, it's packed with features designed to help you make informed decisions about your time and your team's time. You can track time with popular applications like Todoist, Trello, Asana, Google Calendar, Google Docs, and 50 more. And it's just a simple integration. Now, I tried this out, and it was particularly impressive. Now, once you've tracked that time, you can associate it to projects, track using a timeline, overview employees' performance, analyze, send time reports to clients, see check-in times, set budgets, and specific rates for your projects. Now, T-Metric even allows you to send out invoices accordingly based on the time spent with clients. And additionally, you can calculate the salary for every teammate. Now, it is a simple and easy hub for time management across your team, which minimizes expenses and optimizes income, which is all very good. Now, you can even use a free account if you're not in a big team. And I just want to say a big thanks to T-Metric for sponsoring tools they use. You can find out more about T-Metric and start a 30-day trial by heading to tmetric.com. Cheers, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tools They Use podcast. It is Francesco here, and I'm joined by Peter Arkies. Um, Say hi to everyone, Peter. <laughs> hey, hello, Francesco. Hello, listeners. Hello. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, we're chatting today a little bit about sort of your work, your your productivity tools. Uh, for those who don't know, Peter um, is not only a, a, an omni-focus expert, but he's also a Things 3 expert as well. Um, he does plenty of videos on YouTube, um, and he also has a, a course himself for both of them, OmniFocus and Things 3. Uh, and he works very hard to put out some really interesting content. So, um, yeah, Peter, maybe you can fill in a few of the gaps that I may have missed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, Francesco, thanks for having me. Excited to, to talk today. So my name is Peter Akis, and uh, I teach people essentially how to use project-based task managers. That's the, the common thread. Um, to get more stuff done, to be more organized. And as you mentioned, I, I do this through my YouTube channel. I've recently renamed it Productivity with Peter. So I'm testing uh, testing that marketing uh, angle. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and also through my, uh, yeah, the two online courses that I offer on OmniFocus and things, as you uh, mentioned. It's all uh, fairly new to me. I started doing this in March of 2019. And, uh, you know, we're currently recording in November. So uh, I'm still new to it, but having a lot of fun. And then people seem to be finding what I have to say helpful. I love it. 2020 is going to be the year. It's going to be <laughs> the, the year. year. A bit explosion. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good. And uh, so, like, obviously, at the moment, you're doing a lot of content. You're working very hard on sort of making sure that, you know, the end user gets as much knowledge as they can about these specific tools. Um, what does, like, a average day look like for Peter? Yeah, you know... Let me tell you about the idealized version of my <laughs> my average day. <laughs> I guess it doesn't always go this way. Um, but so I work from home and I've been doing that for a while. I, I used to work as a corporate consultant, but I realized that, you know, among many other things, sitting in an office is not for me. So I work from home and I've recently set up a little home office. So my ideal day goes like this. 
Um, I wake up and I make my oatmeal and brew some coffee. I mean, I do that every day. While I'm eating my breakfast, I'll read a little book or read The Economist, which I find just to stay uh, up to date on current events. Um, I'll head to my home office, which is about two meters away from the from the breakfast table. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really easy. And I like to start the day by doing a very valuable work task. So there's always lots of little things you could be doing. But I found that I'm a lot calmer the rest of the day when I do something valuable first. So something valuable might mean writing the script for my next YouTube video, something that's going to move the needle. Then um, I'll typically stretch a little bit, maybe do some home exercises, currently doing a push-up challenge, for example, shower, shave, eat lunch. And then in the afternoon, it depends. What I love is because I work from home and I can set my own schedule, I'll often go climbing in my local boulder gym in the afternoon. And it's nice because if you go in the evenings, it's really busy. But in the afternoon, it's not so busy because uh, most people are at work. You know, maybe run some errands, buy some groceries, do a little more work, um, eat dinner with the girlfriend while watching a TV show. Usually she also works from home every now and then. So sometimes we've been hanging out all day already in the <laughs> evenings. Um, do some more work, maybe um, go to my local Toastmasters club, public speaking club that I'm a, a member of, and then maybe do a little bit more work. I like to work at night sometimes, go to bed between 11 and 1, read in bed for anywhere between 15 and 60 minutes. That is that is my idealized perfect day, Francesco. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, I guess like all, all of us, uh, sometimes it happens perfectly to plan and sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> I really for like sure. the I like the sort of balance and, um, and the fact that like you don't necessarily have like uh, you know, specifically a nine to five or, or something like that, that like you can make it adapt to whatever you need. So uh, that's really cool. Um, and obviously, Absolutely, like, yeah. And and you mentioned before, and you've mentioned um, on the video that we did about obviously the the sort of stage where you worked in um, in sort of the, the commerce world um, per se. Um, how did you? What was your day looking like then compared to what it is now? Oh, so different, Francesco. That's, that's uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked about this because when I worked in corporate, I worked for a litigation consulting firm, also known as an economic consulting firm. So we did analysis for large law firms in really, really big litigation. You know, the kind of litigation that makes newspaper headlines. And that's a stressful job, stressful industry, um, very demanding clients. So I worked on average um, 50 hours a week, but but it was a lot of 40 hour weeks and then some like 70 hour weeks. Um, and I also had a very long commute, which is a terrible idea. Uh, lived in San Francisco, but worked down in Silicon Valley. So for anybody familiar with that geography, that's just not a good thing to do. And it really what it would look like is get up, you know, probably not have had enough sleep, not have had the eight hours of sleep that I think everybody should be getting. Um, quickly eat breakfast get on my bike, quickly bike to the train station, try and be at work at a reasonable time, which was like 9.40, right? Work, work, work all day. Hopefully, if I'm lucky, be able to leave the office at 6.40 and, and get home around 8. But if I'm unlucky, you know, get home at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. or midnight some days. And as you might imagine, that was very stressful. And I really ended up burning out doing that. So I think partly the reason I work for myself now is as a reaction um, and not wanting those, you know, that yeah. crazy schedule anymore. Yeah, crikey. And, and and what was the sort of, do you remember when the, the moment was that you went, you know, was it when you hit burnout that you were like, this is enough, I'm, I'm moving on? I really started to notice that I was, for example, less patient with people. Uh, I just wasn't as nice as I would like, you know, yeah. as I think that I normally am. <laughs> um, 
And I was cranky a lot of the time. I was finding it harder and harder to focus. And at some point I realized, you know what, this job is affecting my physical health and my mental health. And that's when I decided to quit. And I literally quoted that in my exit interview. I was like, you guys are great. Nothing against you. It's just my my physical and mental health, you know, is not doing so well. Like I need a break. And it turned out that I need a, needed a much bigger break than I thought initially. But that's that's how that happened. That's that's good that you made that change because like, um, and I think it's important to hear people to hear that story because sometimes you can just be on that sort of hamster wheel and, and and maybe someone's listening to the podcast and they're in that sort of situation, rushing to work and going, oh, oh it's too much. And naturally, it's time to sort of make it a change or a tweak in, in lifestyle and um yeah yeah and obviously like obviously like that sort of situation has inspired you to do what you do now and you know tools wise you, you get to look at them a lot during the day what what tools are you using um for your day-to-day work and and i know i have a feeling of what one of them is going to be of course <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you do francesco <laughs> so um you know before i talk about that a little bit i want to say that people can get really hung up on tools. And so it's all about using tools in an effective way. And I always encourage people to think about the return on investment, the ROI. So I use a task manager, project-based task manager every day. Started out, I don't know, I think it was like 2011 or something, long time ago, I started using OmniFocus, um, which allows me to keep track of everything that I need to do, want to do, feel that I should do, and you know, when do I need to do it by? What is the next action I can take? That makes a big difference. And I really rely on that. Now, because um, a lot of people have told me about competing apps that they really like, and one of them is Things 3, I do tend to switch every now and then. So essentially what I'll do is part-time I'll use OmniFocus and and, and part-time I'll use Things. Currently, I'm actually using Things a little bit. Um, And I do that to sort of keep up to date with both of these apps because I think these are very similar apps. They do a lot of the same things. They're both project-based task managers to help you get more done, you know, with less stress, really. Um, And it's I kind of switch back and forth, which I I wouldn't recommend for the average person. I do that because it's my work. Um, But for the average person, I would not recommend switching back and forth between task managers. That's definitely the number one thing, uh, number one tool that I use, though. Yeah, and you're you're definitely uh, sort of like a a, a different use case to a lot of people because you do need to keep relevant with both tools. but obviously, people do have to go for these sort of switches. Um, and, and I'm curious there as well, like, um, although you show, showed me your setup on, on the YouTube video we did, how do you use Calendar? Because that's curious. Like, do you use the inbuilt calendar in these applications to sort of manage events? Or is it Google Calendar? Yeah, so uh, I do use I, I use G Suite for my okay. my business, so that includes Gmail and the Google Calendar and stuff. And I just have that showing up in my Apple Calendar app on my Mac. Mm. Um, on iOS, I like Fantastical a little bit better. I don't know if you've if you're familiar with Fantastical. It's just like a third party calendar app, just because the layout's a little bit different. But to be honest, like most calendar apps are fine. I don't tend to have like 12 appointments on on any given day. I know there are people whose life is like that. And and then I think it's a lot more important which calendar app you choose. I tend to have like three things on my agenda every day, you know? So then it the the, the built-in things are, are fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Fantastic L2 is a good one. Uh, it looks really attractive, um, especially on Mac. <laughs> uh, definitely looks good on that one. Um, and, yeah. And something that you mentioned in the the, the OmniFocus tour that you gave um, was actually the fact that you haven't read GTD yet. Um, 
where are you at in that process? And I guess, like, how did you create these sorts of principles before, you know, actually going around teaching OmniFocus? Because it'd be great to hear, like, how you approach the principles of productivity. This is so funny because, yeah, as we did our video for your channel, Keep Productive, on YouTube, um, I, I did mention that I had not yet read Getting Things Done by David Allen. And the funny thing is I, I created the OmniFocus course first and just based on how I've been using OmniFocus for a long time and, and you know how I've been using it is, of course, informed by what I've learned about it over the years. And sometimes you read somebody else's article about it, right? Mm. Um, and I guess it mirrored getting things done closely enough that people were like, oh, you're basically teaching getting things done. And I was like, that's funny because I like haven't read that yeah. book. Um, I've never attended David Allen's seminar, you know? And so I, I bought the book and, and I've read a couple chapters of it now. And I, I got to say, you know, when you, when you get like business books, self-help books, you can be a little skeptical mm. sometimes. Like, is this going to be a lot of yeah. fluff? Um, I'm sure you've had this when you've read some business books. Yeah, right? I agree. So, but this one's really good. Like, I'm only a couple of chapters in, but I, like, I understand why this book is a bestseller and why David Allen's methodology GTD is so popular. It's really good, and I'm learning a lot from it that um, I can integrate into my own workflow. I don't like everything. It's very comprehensive compared to what I teach. Um, and I think that's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Some people love to have a really comprehensive system, but other people are already feeling overwhelmed and they maybe just need a really simple system or workflow to get started with, which just with a, just a few habits, a few key things to do, and then build it out over time. And that's, that's kind of how I teach people just start really simple and then build it out. Um, not to overwhelm. Yeah, definitely. People. I think you've, you've probably gone about it in a nice way. Like you haven't necessarily, cause like for people that maybe need that actual consistency, following GTD is perfect because, you know, it, it's a yeah. framework. You can basically go and um, do what you need. But for other people, um, I'm probably similar to yourself. Like I've stolen a few things, like a handful of things from GTD and applied them. Uh, and that's mass dramatically improved the way that I've done work. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're getting on with it quite well because uh, obviously it's a quite a big book, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And well, you know, I just enjoy reading through it. And then some of the suggestions are just so detailed. You know, there's a list of it's called the the incompletion triggers. And it's just a list of things you could go through and be like, am I forgetting about something? But it's like, Francesca is five pages <laughs> long, a list, <laughs> a list of things that you may have forgotten about. And, and if you're talking to someone who's so stressed, like that may not be the place to start yeah, for people like that, know you know, to like for them to remember 200 more things that they were hoping to do. And um, yeah, but other things are super valuable. And I love David Allen's emphasis on, listen, the tool that you use, it's important, but like in the end, it's all about, you know, how you yeah. use it, how you think about it, you know, the mindset. Um, and I appreciate yeah, that. I mean, he uses uh, IBM notes or Lotus notes, I think. And that's like a proper old school like tool. Very yeah, old school. God. I don't think you can get access to it if you're not like subscribed or something to their service, which is mad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously, like, I really want to keep updated on how you go when you go through the book and how you sort of feel about it because that would be really interesting to hear. Um, but I guess, like, yeah. is there any other like assisting principles that you follow? Like, do you have or implement like the Pomodoro method or um, any sort of like time based or um, you know, energy, like those sort of like so sort of small habits, focus habits that you do during the day. Do you have any hacks or things that you implement? 
Great question. And I've thought about this a long time for a long time now, because when I first was dealing with so much stress and burnout, I was very tempted to use a lot of those things. I did try out the Pomodoro method, for example. Um, and what I found is that for someone with my background, where the number one challenge is stress, um, it's not procrastination, for example, which is some other people's yeah. challenge, right? My, my number one challenge is, is stress. Um, adding structure sometimes can stress me out. So if I say, I'm going to sit down every day from 10 to noon in the morning and do work, uh, that might stress me out because if I've decided to, like, if I'd like to actually do the laundry at that time, now I have to make a decision. Am I going to stick with my schedule? Am I going to make an exception and do the laundry? Um, so I try to keep things really flexible. I try to keep my calendar, my agenda really flexible. So I do have some processes, but they're, uh, they're, more, they're more habits, I would say. So for example, I was mentioning that I like to do a really valuable piece of work early in the morning because then I feel proud, I feel accomplished, and then I can go about and do some things that you need to get done, but that are not really going to move the needle later. Or if I have to do the laundry, then I'm not thinking, oh, I've been spending, you know, hours now doing the laundry and I haven't done anything productive yet yeah. today. So essentially what I'll do is in the morning, sit down, look at what's urgent, you know, what's due today, what's what's due in the next couple of days, and also what's important, you know, what's, what's not urgent, but what is important. And I'll look at all the available tasks, all the things that I could work on right now, and then pick a mix of things that are urgent and things that are important. And I'll mark those as I plan to work on these today. And then I'll, I'll start work on what I think is the one that most moves the needle. And, and that's really the key of, of how I do it. Um, and the only thing that I, in terms of like to focus is I put my phone very <laughs> far away from me while I'm working, but that's, that's really like the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I turn on do not disturb oh, on my computer. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that you do the first thing, the most important thing as you start the day, because it's still just getting the ball rolling, getting some um, good momentum. Um, one of the questions I had there as well was, um, you know, going from where you worked in corporate to, I, I guess it's like content creation now is, is sort of the predominance of your day or, you know, whether it's scripting yeah. or whether it's actually producing courses, the, the, this, the whole paradigm has shift because, because I'm guessing you didn't do any content creation in the previous role. No, no, no. I wasn't creating content. It, it often was writing a script to process some data or creating a spreadsheet and creating nice looking graphs <laughs> yeah. to use or tables, um, reading documents. But, you know, that's other people asking you to create something um, and they'll often have a yeah. deadline for you. <laughs> so it's a very different mode of working than creating your own content, which there's nobody there to tell you it has to be done by this time. Um, and, uh, you know, you're doing it all for yourself. So very different style I'm of work. I'm curious there, like, how did you, how did that switch feel? Because I, I think you mentioned that you had a little bit of time off, but obviously like going from where you're managed, you know, and then you're doing a different sort of role to almost a career switch to something else. How did you cope with that and deal with that at the time? That was a long process that took a few years. Um, I don't think it needs to take a few years for everybody, but certainly uh, at the time me was being so stressed and so burned out, uh, that took time. But it it kind of came about naturally. I started to blog. Um, I did a, a challenge at some point where I blogged every day for a year straight. That was really fun. Um, and then, you know, people were interested in that. And then I started like writing about how I did that and how I think other people could do that. And it just kind of came naturally, the content creation part. Um, it became fun for me to create 
a blog post or a video. And then when I had the idea to create my first online course on OmniFocus, it, it, I had already been creating content. Now it was just a matter of being more focused, not just what do I feel like talking about in the moment? What do I feel like sharing with people? But like, okay, let's create a structured course. You know, what's the first video people are going to need to see? What's the first thing they're going to need to learn? And then it was just a matter of actually doing the work. But I found that because I, I do it directly for people, I'm a lot more motivated. Um, it's easier to get started, you know, <laughs> even though I'm not setting deadlines, I'm, I'm doing stuff. Uh, it's really uh, such a different, it's very hard to compare to working in corporate and uh, having clients who are demanding stuff from you. Yeah, and that transition, it, it, it took a little bit of time, but you, you got there eventually. And, and now that's like, you're just cementing what you have built on top of that. Yeah, now I'm really trying to create uh, processes, you know? So for example, if I create a new YouTube video, what are the steps that I go through? And I have like a whole template project of all the steps that I go through because uh, I do find that making things repeatable um, improves consistency, improves quality over time, right? At first it's a little ad hoc. It's like, oh, I'll create a, I'll shoot a video, see what people think, you know, but then you you develop some processes around it. I'm sure you've got lots of processes and systems in place for your YouTube channel as well, for example. <laughs> Actually, there's one thing that I took away from the video that we did before was when you showcased how you utilize the templates inside of um, OmniFocus. Like, oh, yeah. I actually didn't have any sort of system like that. So I've, I've only recently created a new project called Task Copies inside of um, inside of Todoist. Yeah. And now anytime I'm doing like a replicating process, it's very early days, but I'm just basically copying that task and pasting it into my next seven days because I didn't have a process like that before I had to manually do that. So the, it, actually, your, your, your sort of setup helped me in another app. So that was that was awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And, and there's a good lesson here too, right? And so that I've started th to think about this because really what I'm trying to teach people is how to use project-based task managers, but it mm. doesn't have to be OmniFocus. It doesn't have to be things like you're using to do is the same principles apply, right? Um, yeah. You just have to translate it to whichever app you like best. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Um, Peter, where can everyone find you after the podcast? Um, obviously YouTube, but You've got many more different places, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, so people can find my uh, free how-to productivity videos, which are particularly about OmniFocus and Things 3, on youtube.com slash Peter Akis. That's Peter A-K-K-I-E-S. Uh, or to find my courses, my in-depth courses on getting stuff done, being more organized with OmniFocus or with Things 3, over at learn.peterakis.net. Awesome. Perfect. Well, uh, and, and, and also, if you want to check out um, Peter's OmniFocus 3 tour, um, it's over on the YouTube channel. And make, make sure to link all of Peter's stuff below so you guys can and go follow him. Thank you, Peter, for taking the time out, mate. It was uh, really interesting. And I always end up learning something from you when we chat. So it's really good. Cool. Thanks so much, Francesco. Are you a subscriber on the Keep Productive YouTube channel? If not, you'd love it. Software reviews and news. Just search for Keep Productive on YouTube for weekly videos. Thanks for listening to the Tools They Use podcast, a Keep Productive production. See you next time.